Oh, but sniffling my hay fever's gone crazy. It's been like off and on for two weeks, and I've just like like I've got hay fever symptoms, but I never thought it was hay fever. I've just been around. What is it? I've got an orchid. Yeah, like um, <laughs> the only real plant I've got. I was like, is it that? And then I was googling it. Can you be allergic to orchids? And they don't give off pollen. So last night I was rubbing it on my arm, like to see if I had any reaction the next day. And nothing. And now that's I, a weird thing for your kids to walk in on. <laughs> Dad, are you Robin rubbing Orchids. your flowers? <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to The Nightcap. It's Ask Us Anything 5 on the 3rd of March 2021 we're recording this. Um, this year's zipping through, which is good. Um, yeah, it's great, isn't February it? February yeah. especially. February went very quick compared to January, so I'm, I'm pleased we're in March. We're making progress. Yeah, lights are getting a nights are getting a bit uh, shorter, aren't they? We're you know light earlier. Sorry, dark later. Yeah, you've um, got hay fever. Yeah. Oh God, yeah, that's the worst thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so if I'm a bit snivelly and sneezy today, I'll excuse me. Yeah, no, no worries, mate. And oh, and thanks yeah. for the uh, beer-based website you sent me the other day. That is perfect. That is going to stay open on my Google Chrome tabs <laughs> for the next four months. It's basically a website that just says, with all the government things happening over the next few months and like lockdown loosening, it basically says like five days till you can have a beer in a park with your mates, seventeen days till you can have a beer in the park with five mates, and it's it's brilliant. And even though it's a bit of a joke, they're actually really good for letting you know when stuff gets eased. Oh, it is, so yeah. It's genuinely it's, useful. Because <laughs> it don't seem that bad when you break it down that no. way. And you just talk about beer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. When you talk about beer, in layman's terms, that's what we like. Yeah. Um, thanks so much again for all your questions and comments that you've DM'd us and sent us over the last week or so. We've got loads more to get through, so we'll keep doing this until we can get guests back, I think. Because um, it seems to be going down a treat. Uh, send them to either Paul or I, or follow us at the night's uh, nightcap underscore pod. Let's kick things off with the first one then. This is from Mitch, who has asked us, what's the best thing a young chef can be doing during lockdown? Right, well, I think just you, although we did say this last year, we did say this is never going to happen again, and then it did. Um, <laughs> like, within reason, let's say, a little caveat on it, this isn't going to happen again. So just... Just try, don't worry too much about that. You, you, nobody's going to get behind. Yeah, um, good point. Take the time to relax, enjoy yourself, new hobbies. Like, genuinely, I, I think it. I think that'd be time well spent discovering new things. And you can do some, you know, take the time, do some learning as well. And something I think, regardless of lockdown, for young chefs, there's a certain amount of responsibility on self-teaching as well. Yeah. You know, yeah, you're... Yeah. All the information's out there these days, isn't it? Exactly. And it was, you know, we used to have to search it. I was, I was always in, in the library um, <laughs> or on the internet or buying cookbooks and practicing. Like, I taught myself a lot more than I was directly taught. And I think there's a big responsibility on having to do that. Always mm-hmm. has been and always will be. So, you know, it's good. It's something that they should do regardless of lockdown. You know, like I taught myself pasta. Nobody ever taught me how to make pasta. I taught myself, practiced mm-hmm. it, bought a pasta machine and just kept going until I thought it was right. And then, you know, that's just gone on, you know, in many different things. If, you know, if, like filleting some types of fish, I taught myself, it was, you know, all about this first for knowledge I had. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, just, just get out of there, get books that are like, I'm sure I've said it to you before, but the, for young chefs, don't just just go for Jason Afton's new book or you know, Gordon Ramsay or Tom Kerridge's new book. You, yes, you'll learn from them, but mm-hmm. it's, it can be a bit one-dimensional that you're just yeah, buying yeah. Um, yeah, a book yeah, about those yeah. recipes, buy a book about meat. Uh, I bought Hugh Fernley Wittenstall's book uh, on meat and I read it. It's massive. It's like four or 500 pages. Yeah. Read it back to front. So you're understanding the basics. Yeah. You know, buy a really good book on pasta, a really good book on baking, those sort of things before you start trying to run, mm-hmm. before you can walk, really. That's the, that's my best advice on that, that really. Very good advice, mate. And I, I suppose the, the good thing, like this sounds really obvious, but the good thing for going for people in terms of learning new skills on lockdown and, and doing 
experimenting maybe with food is that we've all mm. got to eat still. It's sort of great, isn't yeah. it? Because it's like, it's like, oh, I've got dinner again tonight. I don't know, what shall I do? It's like there's always a good reason to do it. It's not like, you know, a hobby like golf or tennis where you need to go and book an hour at the courts. Yeah. Whatever, you know, you're eat- everyone's eating every day. So it's actually a good thing you can sort of do during lockdown to just use every meal as an excuse to try something. Not every meal, it's ridiculous, but, you know. I think that's that's good. Yeah, just yeah, do things. You if you just if you're chef, if you've never really made bread, just start making bread. It doesn't have to be sourdough because everyone else does it in lockdown. Yeah, you know, it can be any types of bread. And the the most important thing you do is do from it is just taste it and ask a question: yeah. Is it good enough? Is it the right texture? Can it be better? Does it need more salt? Yeah. Ask those questions of yourself afterwards, yeah, yeah. rather than just oh, it looks great for Instagram. Yes. You know, that that's it. You've got to question everything you do. Yeah. Right. And, you know, to accept the questions from, you know, if you're making it at home, more likely you're cooking it for people that aren't chefs and, you know, accept the questions from them if, if they don't like it or if they're not sure about it. 100%. You'll learn that way as well. I actually taught Esme how to make sourdough yesterday. Did you? She, did, yeah. Did, was she she really made her own loaf. Did you tell that, she, you know, she was into it? Yeah, she loved it. So we kept setting timer to go back and do the folds and things. And she was straight in there, loving getting her hands dirty and stuff. Yeah. Um, so that's been the homeschooling this week. So I don't but wow. no, she she loved it. She weighed everything up and uh, she did all the folds. I just did the, again, in the Dutch oven. And, you know, I didn't take over it and like, right, we've got to make sure this has got the right amount of gluten and it's really good. It's <laughs> yeah. I wanted her to learn. Sure, yeah. And, what she's made, I'll send you a photo. It's nice, mate. Yeah, to be honest. Good. yeah. It's a little bit heavy. It went a little bit flat, but it's nicely aerated. The um, nice texture, lovely Beautiful. soundness to it. Yeah, she did all right. Oh, it must be so for rewarding. a seven-year-old. Yeah, it must be yeah. so rewarding for any parents to like be doing that with their kids and then see them get genuine joy out of it. It must be great. Yeah, and for her as well, just to see a bag of flour turn into this. Yeah, you know, it's a like day magic, later. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Day later, she ate it for lunch and she was loving it. Yeah. And it tastes better for her that way, I think. If I'd have just given it, she would have been like, yeah, it's all right. But Different level of appreciation, isn't there? Exactly. Cool. Good question, Mitch. like that one. Uh, Jim has uh, messaged also saying, what's the best, very specific, what's the best yeah. sauce you've ever had? Does wow, anything come yeah. to mind when you assume someone says the best sauce you've ever had? Yeah, a few do. It's hard to be very specific. Um but sometimes they they do really stand out. Like there was a there was there was one. I can't remember exactly what it was, but there was one or two actually at Franson. So there was one with the wagyu dish, and there was one with the monkfish dish. Mm. That again, I can't off my head without looking at the menu or the photos, just say exactly what they were. But they were the kind of dishes that that sauce made the dish yeah, yeah you've got yeah. some beautiful protein and lovely garnish and everything's perfectly cooked uh-huh. but that mouthfeel of that sauce is just oh, making there's everything nothing sing. better is there on a plate when the sauce is singing and it's just like it, yeah it's hard it to explain you do. what it does to you <laughs> you do remember it yeah. i'm trying to think of some of us there was definitely um when uh atul was at Benares. He treated me to a meal there once and it was just a lunch and he just threw loads of dishes at me. I just remember this lamb, this curry lamb sauce. It was with like, it was like a lamb cutlet, this curried lamb sauce with it. Really lamby, almost like jus level lamby flavor. Yeah. Just these beautiful spices coming through it. And it was, it was just stunning. I remember saying to him at the end of the meal, specifically saying that lamb curry sauce was just incredible. It was the one standout in yeah. the meal and he was like yeah that's you know the kind of thing chefs would point yeah. out yeah that's interesting isn't it he knew um, yeah i've got to get, i've got to throw some love to you actually because it especially okay. as it, it sticks out in my mind because of its uniqueness and how the name i say it's technically a sauce but your bonfire mayonnaise oh yeah 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 that's a sauce isn't it kind of it's a sauce yeah yeah, yeah it's may- mayonnaise is a sauce yeah it's a sauce you could count that like, definitely because i've never had anything like it before and it tasted like mayonnaise you'd have a, from a bonfire they've got a bit of smoke on it from a bonfire like it literally yeah. is that and and oh, that's when you good. don't because you don't expect that te- do you know what i mean it's hard to mm-hmm. as soon as you if you read that on a menu i was like bonfire mayonnaise like what but as soon as you taste it like yes i know exactly i get yeah. it and it absolutely so that element of surprise that definitely sticks out yeah there's a lot of um nostalgia encapsulated in something like yeah. that when you're at a bonfire and you're eating a hot dog with those burnt onions and you can yeah, smell the fire exactly that that's what I've got, that's the picture face. i got in my head straight away as soon as i had it 
Um, yeah, that's why food's so good, bringing up all those memories and things. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, quick sauce chat. I want to throw a few things at you, dishes, just basic dishes, and I just want you to tell me what sauce you go with because um, okay, there's a lot oh, yeah. of... Uh, I'll just get into it. So straight up bacon sandwich. What are you? What is your source source of choice for the rest One, of your life? What do you have? There is one hundred percent of the time it is HP brown sauce. Nice. Never ketchup. It's too with sweet butter for bacon. as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah good yeah. salted butter. Yeah. Um, there is literally no other brown sauce on the planet <laughs> other than HP. Daddies can piss off. Like, Daddies can fuck itself, can't it? It's Just, like. It's like. Bing, aren't, you know, aren't sponsoring p- this podcast anytime soon. So. Google have got it covered. Piss off, Bing. You know, just, <laughs> you just don't. You don't need another one. Or yeah. anyone that can't, tries to come up with another marmite, just go. It's just it's no, done. It's marmite. It's done. Yeah, yeah. Branston pickle. So yeah, same with HP. Yeah, that is the brown sauce. So HP, are you going the same with the sausage sandwich? Yeah. Egg sandwich. Ooh, it's not something I ever go for, but. Uh, I'd, yeah, I'd go brown with that, yeah. Would you? Still, interesting. See, well, I, would, I would go brown with bacon, brown with um, sausages, tomato ketchup with eggs. I wouldn't mind it with egg, mm. but I'd, I'd probably out of the two pick brown. And my, um, my if I was having a full English, it would always be brown. I'd never, ever touch ketchup. Oh, yeah. No, I'm with you there. I'm well onto that. Especially as you can have, you can get your tomato fix elsewhere on a full English breakfast from your beans and your actual tomatoes. Yeah. I um when uh, when Sat came to Mallory Court and he had breakfast, mm. he he has this thing I can't remember exactly what it was, but he has like f- about four different sauces on his breakfast and yeah. I can't really give it a name. Jesus. And he ordered it when well, he, he had mix breakfast. them all together at the same time. So I'm sure it was mayonnaise, ketchup, maybe brown sauce and sriracha. So definitely Ooh, wow. like those all on the side and he has it with his full english and it was like this flavor bomb the, the staff thought he was crazy this two-star chef's come in stayed overnight <laughs> and he's ordered those sauces with his breakfast that is like, mad chef of his is he joking I don't know. <laughs> just, just do as he asks sriracha on a full english that is quite rogue that is that feels rogue to me um yeah okay last two source of choice okay. on the side of fish and chips Ooh. Fish and chips, um, a really good tartar, or just a mayonnaise. Yep. Le- lemon mayonnaise. It's got to be mayonnaise, not ketchup. Again, I, I, I don't think I'd ever choose ketchup first for anything. No. Um, no, you're right. I think you're right there. No tartar yeah. for me. I'm glad you said that, and not mayo. Or I mean, even curry sauce. I'm, I don't mind it, but I couldn't. If, it, if I'm having this forever, it's got to be tartar sauce, not curry sauce. What about? Yeah, you're right. What about bangers and mash? Are you just Ooh. going straight up gravy as like a sauce? Do you ever have sauce with it? Um, with sausage and mash, it'd be like onion gravy, but I'd put loads of Dijon mustard in it. We're on the same page, mate. This is why we're yeah. doing this. This is why exactly, we're doing this. Mate, I was yeah. like, I've got my list written here and you've almost pinpointed every single one. All other answers are incorrect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Love some sauce chat. Thanks for that one, Jim. Uh, next one's from Brian. He says, now this is a very pertinent question, I think. Sort of come up a little bit before, but not really. Is French cooking, uh, as in going to like French cooking school, learning the classics, as they say, still a must-do for British chefs? Um, is it a must, Paul? I think must, the word must, we have to be clear on. It's not absolute must, is it? Because it, it depends what you want to was do. Was it a must? Um, it, it was because everyone cooked that way. Like yeah. I Like, the importance of... French cooking and basics is massive and it it does control a lot of the the food and the derivatives in this country so I think I think it's very important very very important but I don't think it's a must right because if you want to really excel in Japanese cuisine or Chinese cuisine and and specialize in that you don't need to know Mm -hmm. French stuff you know the best Japanese chefs in the world cook the way they cook and prepare the way they prepare. Yeah. So it's a must, no, but yeah, very, very important. Um, Still very it's a good, important. Good base of chain. Yeah, because most of our kitchens are kind of running that way. You know, even, you know, my food is is sort of British, European, hard to pigeonhole, but there's a lot of techniques. When you understand food, there's a lot of techniques in there that come from those foundations. Yeah. I was going to ask, like, what, what sort of almost, I don't know whether you can pinpoint, but what percentage of your average menu is rooted in classic cooking. Oh, that's it's really hard to say. Yeah. Um, uh, 
again, yeah, really hard to put a percentage on, but there is, there is a lot. And it's it's about that that language as well. And, you know, whatever level you're coming in at Kitchen, you know, you need to, you know, especially the higher level, you need to mm. have an understanding of how people communicate. If it's like, you know, look, I want you to saute that and embrace that for this amount of time. It's having that understanding of those basics yeah. without going, oh, I've not actually learned that. Uh, you, you know, I mean, all of these different things, or even even comes into the staff food. You know, because you've got to you've got to understand all these. We tend to do a lot more of the techniques, like like bechamel. We never really make ever in the restaurant, but if we were making a lasagna or something, yep. and if I had a uh, chef to party or sous chef come to me and didn't know how to do that for staff food, they'd pretty much get laughed out of the building. Yeah, that's you know, because if they didn't know that, of course, especially for staff. Yeah. So I guess if someone was saying, "Oh, mate, I've got this opportunity to go to a French cooking school," you know, shall I do it? You, you'd probably just even in twenty twenty one, you go, "Yeah, just do it, mate. Just get that." Yeah, absolutely. It's never going to be a bad thing. Yes, yeah, that's a great way of putting it. Like, you're not yeah. gonna, it's not going to be a waste of your time learning the no. classics, but it's not necessarily a must. Sort of no. Yeah. Just quickly, you touched on the lasagna and the bechamel, and it's reminded me. I saw your tweet the other day saying, <laughs> "Yesterday, yeah. I've made a lasagna <laughs> without cheese," and I was thinking, "What the fuck is he? Has he lost? His, has he lost the plot? What? 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 Why? Why would I put cheese on it if I don't like cheese? I know, but it's so <laughs> fundamental to the taste, isn't it? No. I surprisingly had a few people agree with me. I expected just a barrage of abuse. <laughs> I, knew, I thought you were fishing for it, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's why I put it on. It's just a bit of fun, isn't it? Um, you know, because, you know, if, say if somebody makes it at the restaurant, I wouldn't be like, don't put cheese on it. I'm not a dictator. I'd, um, you know, I'd just peel it off the top, yeah. you know, as long as I don't start putting it through the bechamel. That's weird. Right. Um, and... Uh, yeah, like the kids, they eat cheese and it's just me and them two here. I don't tend to keep cheese in because it just goes off. Yeah. Because sure. I won't give it to them every day when they're here for three or four days a week. So, of course, yeah. yeah, it just goes off. So I just didn't have it. I thought, well, what's the point putting it on? It feels a bit weird. Wow. Yeah. So, how did Normally you. Normally, I'd do a half. Was there any like. Were you just literally doing a sa- the same recipe for it, leaving off the cheese, or did you adjust? Yeah, yeah. To, yeah, just literally. No, just a nice, nice, good quality, simple lasagna, like beautiful ragu, cooked for a few hours, layered up, like about three layers, and then besh on top. I don't get when people layer besh in every layer. Oh, I do that. that. It... Should I not do oh, that? Uh... Well, it's up to you. If you enjoy it, you enjoy it. I don't but know any me, other way. I just it... never questioned it. So tell me why. For me, it makes it a bit sloppy. So I have my ragu a bit wetter than you would serve a um, just a bit than you would serve as a bol- bolognese. bolognese. Yeah. So it's like ragu pasta, ragu pasta, ragu then pasta and then besh on top. Ah, interesting. Because obviously the the pasta sucks up some of the moisture from the ragu. Yeah, yeah. But cool. I, I just I find it quite stable and a nice texture. The pasta's got a nice texture and the ragu has. I find it just personally a bit blander yeah. if you. That's fair because I have noticed sometimes, you know, when you, especially when you cut it when it's straight out the oven, so it's still mm. like because obviously when it's still super super hot, it's it can sometimes tend to be wetter as well. Yeah, does it flood when you cut it? And then it does that thing of because you've got a bechamel and the bolognese, it makes like a pink sauce. Yeah, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That sort of pinky, like yeah, that's a good uh, point. Okay, I, nice one. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you, hundred percent what's classic, but the way I do it, besh on top. But try it, see. Okay. Like if you when you cut into it, it won't flood. It will sort of stay. Yeah. It's just got more more substance for me. Nice. No, that is a good tip. Nice one, mate. Right, Mike here has asked us, "What's your favourite travel destination for food?" Straight up, oh, where do you want to wow. go to eat food? Um, God, I bet this everywhere. this question really, I don't know, is probably a bit more like if you only have one cuisine or one like country's yeah. food forever, which what you know, where would you go? What would you have? What is the Oh, that's so hard, especially yeah. like, you know, with watching, you know, like we have with the podcast and that, I watch some Chef's Table stuff oh, and no, yeah. I want to go South America. I want to go back to Spain and do some places there. I want to go to back to Scandinavia. I want to do Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to go, you know, I've never properly done France, really. I've never eaten in Paris, never been to Paris. Yeah. Southern France, you know, I'd like to go and see there. Oh, there's so much. I couldn't, I really couldn't say, <laughs> honestly. Much. Yeah, just ev- everywhere, all these different cuisines. Yeah, what about you? I think for me, I, I don't necessarily know about the travel, but I've always thought if I could only have like one cuisine or one mm-hmm. country's food, 
I would probably, we touched on it then, I'd probably go Italy. Okay, yeah. Just because it covers so many bases and also all this, it feels like it encapsulates the seasons. Like there's loads of like lovely summer dishes and salads and stuff. And there's really like warming like lasagnas and stews. And I just, and, and then ultimately that it's just based, like the base of it all is the tomatoey, basilic, garlicky, buttery, doughy, mm. pastory. That, that world, I could happily live there forever with that. Yeah, I wouldn't. If I had, yeah, if that was the, what all I could have, I wouldn't be disappointed with that. Especially as you can travel through the country and the food changes. Definitely. And especially when you get up towards the border of Germany and, in, you know, the food changes further still and it's got those ties in with them and you've got all your speck and things like that. Yeah, of course. And then, yeah. you know, you've got Tuscany region with all the beautiful olives and the fresh, yeah, exactly. the fresh produce. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, it is a tough question, though. But, I mean, to travel is. around, Italy would obviously be, be beautiful, but... Perhaps yeah. also maybe predictable at the same time. It might be amazing to throw it up completely and go to Japan or somewhere and eat completely different cuisines from all over the, the area and also discover places in the world you've mm. never been to before. Yes, yes, yeah, definitely. Tough question. Right, next one's from Jake. Straight up, favourite comfort food. What's your favourite comfort food? I've got a few, but I'd, I'd probably pick pizza as my favourite. Yeah, nice. Good, good, yeah. good quality pizza. And pizza with, I like it with, um, when it's good pizza, all different types of charcuterie on, maybe some olives, mm. something with a bit of spice on there, some enduya or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah. that, that's it. I, yeah, <laughs> I, eat, I eat too much pizza. And I, I don't <laughs> mind, um, you know, I'll slum it with Domino's. It's nice. Yeah. It's proper yeah. Moorish beery food. We've shared Domino's a couple of times. We have, we have mate. We've broken bread. We've broken it bread. It is. In, and the whole, where do you stand on the whole pineapple on pizza? Yeah, fine. Yeah, I, I, I tend I, to I only have it I wouldn't it, though. I wouldn't, choose, I wouldn't go, I need, I really crave pineapple. But it's yeah. fine. It's fine, I think. I tend to only have it on you sort of mass produced kind of pizzas, and I quite like that. Yeah. If I was having, like, you know, really good, pizza I yeah that's a good have point. it i don't think i've ever had pineapple on good pizza yeah i think yeah yeah i don't think any self-respecting really good <laughs> pizza business would do it no yeah. exactly they're not they're not going to do it are they but yeah pizza is no. a great one and it's again versatile but it's also guaranteed it's such a guarantee isn't it mm. and it's soon really satisfying yeah. about opening that box when you get it in from wherever <sighs> and opening it up and it's just that big round thing of bread and just oh yeah oh it is it is that it's is just, comfort so, somebody put on, I didn't respond actually. I think they were just trying to wind me up when I was talking about the lasagna on Twitter. They put pizzas just posh cheese on toast. Oh fuck off, get, mate! Get the fuck you? out of town. What get are you out talking of town. about? No idea. Uh, yeah. Another comfort food of mine is, and this sounds a bit shit actually, but cereal. Oh, nice. Yeah. The and milk has to be super cold. Yep. Yeah. yeah, jet cold. Whole milk, ideally. <laughs> I really, I'm always semi. I only have semi in the house. Yeah. Right, nice. Yeah. No. Always whole. But I, yeah. I, it sounds bad, but I'm a sucker for like all day cereal, evening cereal. Oh yeah. Just like you know when you're like just oh a bit hungry. I just see it bowl of cereal. I just, and it's bad because there's certain cereals that I cannot. And I, like me and Haley have had to have a proper sit down conversation about this. I can't yeah. have them in the house. Oh really? Because yeah. They will go. They will go straight away. Hey, you know it's mental. Like, uh, here's a good example. You know, like Country Crisp cereal. Yeah. Tiny box, aren't yeah. they? They're never big. Yeah, yeah, never big. And on it, it will say the sort of like the nutritional information, and it'll say twenty times this amount. So this box should have twenty. Like, yeah. I I cannot tell you how like off-putting that is because <laughs> that box is two big bowls for me, honestly. Yeah. I, yeah, I, it is. Yeah. It's two bowls of cereal. That one box is two big bowls, and I will ha- eat it like that. But the problem <laughs> is, I can't have it in the house because I will just have that box that day. I'll go, oh, breakfast, I'll have that country crisp. Lunch, like, great, I'm having that, co-, and it's gone. And I <laughs> probably consume 2,000 calories worth of country crisp in a day, and it's just, got, and I'm just, I mean, I'm satisfied, but I'm just, I'm, yeah, I'm a sucker for calorie it. Yeah, calorie in two meals. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm such a sucker for cereal, though. It's, yeah. It's, I, it's childish, I guess, but I love it. It's yeah. comfort food. It's not, not, you wouldn't want to watch me eat cereal either. It's, <laughs> it's not pleasant because I've got this. Like, oh, the milk. Yeah, milk in the beard. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Even before I had a beard, <laughs> it was just, it's horrible. Like, honestly. Do you bowl the mouth at the end? Watch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And because one, the milk has to be cold and stay cold. And two, I've got this like 
fear of say if it's just cornflake it going that tiny bit soggy, soggy I can't, yeah, can't yeah. have it so i eat it like a fucking animal like i'm just in there face in there really close yeah spoon <laughs> to the mouth just devour it it's, it's horrible uh, it's i know i honestly i could do a whole podcast on just fucking cereal <laughs> the the um so i good point you touched on there about the sogginess there are some cereals i think are better soggy Okay. Um. Okay. Not. Oh, <laughs> well, oh, not. not no. 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 Not like all the way. So, like. Not like. Just like. Just flims. Just mush. But like. Just wilted. A little bit. <laughs> for example, for me, shreddies. Okay. I don't go for them anyway. So, so shred- and Cheerios. If when they are when they are still super crunchy, they are really they almost too and they almost like. When you're guzzling it, it like uh, hits your gums. Like Cheerios, too many Cheerios. Like it's just, it's all a bit, bit much. Uh, okay. it, they need to be on the slightly soggy side. Yeah. And say, same okay. with Country Crisp. Country Crisp needs to leave it for one minute on the side, then devour. Yeah. I don't want to go in straight away. I can't do that. Did you know there was? I don't know if it's still open. Um, a cereal restaurant opened in London. Was there? I'm oh. sure it was in Shoreditch. Obviously, fucking Shoreditch. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, just oh. cereal, like American cereal, English cereal. That, that was all they sold. Cereal, like everywhere. I'd be in cereal. there every day. If you, <laughs> you I would. I love it too much. What is your? Do you have like a favourite or a staple? Yeah, I like um, nice simple cornflakes. I like crunching at cornflakes. Yeah, I gotta love that. Rice yeah. Krispies. I fucking love Cocoa Pops. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're naughty, aren't they? Yeah. I've got to race the milk. Race the milk. Can't go around. Can't go around. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Race the milk. Oh, man. Um, I, talk. I should have saved this to the end. I wish I had cereal now. I've got no cereal. I'm at work at the moment. I've got no cereal anywhere near me. Oh, no. hate it. I'm going to stop off and buy a country crisp on the way home. <laughs> uh, okay, right. Nice. Next one's from Dave, who says, "What is your least favorite job on mise en place? The least anything, favorite job? Anything that involves peeling something. Peeling. But anything, like especially potatoes. Why? Why does that annoy I you? Hate it. Be- because I like. I like to. When you're like doing, when you're cooking, doing mise en place, you can have several jobs on the go and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like peeling, it just feels such an inefficient use of time because you you kind of tied to it you can't do anything else you can't yeah. multitask maybe you can have things cooking but you're just there peeling and it's laborious and like, i've got i hate my fingers getting dirty so i have to really wash the potatoes first go yeah. through that process before i peel them i can't just get in and start peeling them and or i'll wear gloves or something so yeah, i hate nice, anything yeah. getting in my like you know wrinkles in my hands or creases mm-hmm. um but it's the most boring unrewarding job there is is potatoes the worst thing to peel? Uh, no, oh, no, 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 not at all. It's just probably the most boring. But yeah. you know, nuts, you know, when I was at Le Manoir, I used to have to peel walnuts. Fuck me. Oh, Christ. Um, that's so a punishment. So you have to boil them in milk. And then while they're still warm, you take a little turning off the tip and you've got to peel up the skin off and try and keep them whole. You know how they're kind of breaking off. Yeah, if they're yeah, breaking yeah. off, you couldn't really use them. So then we'd drain them off and then we'd roast them in Bernazette and serve them with uh, stinking bishop souffle. Wow, that sounds incredible. So I hated that whole dish, stinking yeah. bishop and fucking peeling all those walnuts. And... <laughs> yeah, that's your nightmare. Fucking hell. Oh, God, it was. It was just one of those jobs you just con- you were constantly doing and never on top of, you know, yeah. and just try you'd try and give it to one of the porters to do, but they'd just break them all the time and you just, I've got to do it myself. Was there, is there any jobs, like mise en place jobs, that it's like if someone's either, it's almost like, like fines, you know, like sportsmen have like fines. It's almost like um, that in the kitchen where it's like, right, you did that today, so you're peeling potatoes. Yeah, there is. And I've heard stories about like, um, like stages go into restaurants and if they're not very good, it's like, right, loads of acorns to peel or different, <laughs> or cobnuts to crack. Yeah, and you just yeah, sack of cobnuts and you're talking several hours of work just cracking oh, fucking no. nuts. No, like, thanks. Awful, awful jobs. Yeah. But they're, yeah, they're the worst, worst things to peel and especially like, not good for your hands either. Lastly though, can you like, because there, is there something quite therapeutic of like, right, I've just got an hour of just peeling this and we're going to pop a podcast on and I'm just going to zone out because it's not like you've got to be like thinking or like intensely like on these potatoes. You could just sort of almost crash out mentally and just peel away, peel away. That, that's the thing. You've, you've always got so much more to do, so you can't. Yeah. 
Okay, next one is from uh, TRIGC15 on Instagram. Said, if you could change one thing about the industry, what would it be? Quite broad, this, but anything you change about the industry, what would it be? It is very broad. I really struggled with this one. Because um, everything you'd change, perhaps because I'm on a more reflective now, but anything you change have a knock-on effect. So if I was to say something quite obvious like, I don't know, reducing the hours then the standards wouldn't yeah, be as yeah, good yeah it's not it's not um and then valid, if we yeah. if we like are oh, more pay for everyone then a lot of restaurants wouldn't survive yeah yeah um so no i do i do really struggle with it but perhaps you know getting rid of TripAdvisor. i i knew, <laughs> my next question was going to be what about how changing how TripAdvisor works or yeah 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 changing it to it doesn't work yeah <laughs> just not using it at all no one even knows. yeah to 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 wipe its name off the face of the earth is what we would change about it yes yes absolutely Fair. one thing i would and this isn't a big change just a little change because why not if i could change one thing i would just so that i i would feel a bit more like let's put let's have all of these restaurants put their money where their mouth is and see trust the public a bit uh-huh. i would take away all of the mandatory service charges Okay, yeah, yeah. Just because I, th- we've, I think we talked about this ages ago with a guest, I can't re- really remember, but for me, I don't know. It's a bit like tipping it's, uh, with in, in America, but, you know, how it's become you do it every year. You know, Starbucks, you tip for your coffee. Mm. And it's like, it's, it's almost got to the point where we're, we're not actually appreciating any level of service. Yeah, because it's I hate that so, whole yeah. thing, yeah. And, and obviously it's not quite gone that far in this country, but it's all, it's almost like saying, right, Regardless of whether you like this play, yeah. when it ends, you will give it a standing ovation. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. Okay. I'll just get up then, shall I? I'll just cut. And I just feel a bit. And also, one, it would be more rewarding, but also it could then like be a form of like performance management almost. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, look, look how well we're doing on tip. Like, things get front of house. You're doing great. Or the, you know, the food, like this menu, like we're going to the, I think it gives you a better sort of, I just think sometimes it could get a bit, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. Well, I think this is a, I mean, I've mentioned it before. This is a massive subject. We should discuss on the pod properly one day, like, mm. especially with the difference of here in America. Uh, for me, when we, when we looked at open and soul, I was adamant that we wouldn't do a service charge one because not many places around this area do. Yeah. Um, majority of mission star restaurants, to, yeah, stuck, they do. Stuck Most with places, it. Yeah. And the way they sort of look at it is this that it's not a tip, it's a charge for yeah. the service you've received. Um, but it is actually optional. Um, <laughs> which for me, I just, I don't know, I just prefer the cost it right and there's no surprises. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, definitely. Uh, and it will probably mean it evens itself out anyway. It's just more the principle because it will mean that people, there'll be people that never tip that will yeah. because it's a service charge and then there'll be big tippers that tip less because they just pay whatever the sur- service charge is. So it probably yeah. evens out roughly the same. I don't know if there's any data on that. but my, yeah, my guys do really well for tips because I think because we don't have a service charge and so it's just, it's a genuine generous whatever they want to do at the end there's no no pressure on anybody at all so they they do really well on the credit card tips and they're split between everybody so if pot washer gets the same amount as chef to party or sous chef or restaurant manager yeah basically they all get the same it's based on amount of shifts worked um most places what they do is and this has been the issue at the moment because of um furlough so your wage will be topped up with it mm-hmm. so there's no like if it's been a bad month busier month they'll have the same and it has got some pros so say for instance your base as a head chef your base might be 25 grand yeah. but then it might be another 10 grand of service charge yeah, for argument's sake yeah yeah fair. good point um and uh it's good because like it guarantees an income for that person mm-hmm. so um, you know, they don't have this base level wage plus a tip. And, you know, if they're trying to get a house or something like that, it's good for that. And that, that wage is always guaranteed, even if the business is doing shit or, or whatever, it's, yeah. it's always there. So, cause they're obliged to pay it, they're contracted to it. Uh, but the issue is, is like, you know, if there's extra tips and money's, where's that going? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Is that going to the business? And also from a business point of view, if we were doing 12.5%, what generally everyone does, but you, you pay VAT on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you, have to, you have to pay VAT on it. We, you know, tips we don't pay VAT on. The, the staff pay tax on their own tips that goes through all their paychecks and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the issue with the furlough now is that the 80% is based on their base wage, not the top up with the service charge. Yeah, exactly. So a lot of people are losing out. Yeah. Quite complex, really, actually, especially now, especially with further. Yeah. yeah. Tough one. Okay, next one here is from Mal, who says, favorite, what is your favorite steak slash thing to cook on the barbecue? Oh, there's a, there's a few. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to pick one. Okay. <laughs> nah. So, um, yeah, like the best, the best steak anyway is a ribeye, as far as I'm concerned. That is the number one steak. So, on a, and why is that? On is a, that because of the fat? The... the texture it's um it's not too tender but it's not tough it's got mm-hmm. a lovely fat in it really good flavor because it's doing a, enough work like a fillet is really tender mm-hmm. uh, not as flavorsome um i prefer a little bit more bite so i mean a good sirloin is great as well but i'd always choose a ribeye yeah over nice. those two yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or cook i like cooking whole joints on the barbecue as well so like a rump cap or the picana um, you know they they call in South America, yeah, so yeah, cooking yeah. that with all the fat and blackening uh-huh. it, you know, really get the fire going and then drop it down. Now I don't know what I want more: country crisp or a ribeye steak. Do you know what I mean? The answer is always Choices. ribeye, there, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Breakfast, lunch, or dinner. <laughs> nice. And then yeah, and slow cooking as well. Like um, you know, briskets are great if you nail them. It's a real skill. You know, mm. barbecue, oh, God, barbecue, yeah. slow cooking, controlling those temperatures because it's not just a dial. So hard, you know, isn't it? For anyone who's got a gas barbecue, it's not a barbecue. <laughs> yeah, that's just a, yeah, what is that? Just a grill, I guess. Just a, it's just a grill. Yeah. It's just a grill. It's not a barbecue. Hundred percent. Yeah, a barbecue is coal yes. and wood, and that's that's it. There's no argument there. No discussion yeah, needed. <laughs> um, it's, it's just it must be to con- to get it to an art form where you're controlling the temperature correctly and understanding it is mm. oh god you must have to make so many mistakes to get to a level where you really know what you're doing exactly yeah exactly and if you've got an egg style barbecue it's made a bit easier for you because you, know, you turn it into like an oven and you've got a temperature dial yes. so by op- opening vents temperature goes up with the oxygen etc yeah um, closing it off so you you can sort of gauge it on that but you know, guys are doing it traditionally and just just they've got wood coal fire and they're cooking i really admire that i think yeah, it's brilliant absolutely amazing anything else that you'd cook on the your favorite stuff to cook on a barbecue yeah slow cook things like like a shoulder or neck of lamb just really yeah. slow and i've done i did a i did it on the my Kamado joe a while ago i think a shoulder and a neck just really slow a few hours on there Oh, it's so smoky and delicious. Yeah, I was going to say, because I guess slow. the benefit of slow cooking that is that that smokiness would penetrate even more than something that you, like burgers, mm. you do in 10 minutes. Yeah, exactly. Because it it's in there for ages. That's, that smoke almost penetrates into the sort of that first layer of the flesh. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, and that, that's where you could introduce different woods to get a smoke coming. Nice. Got you. Yeah. Oh, man. Fucking hell, bring on the summer. Uh, okay. <laughs> Next one is from Eat With Ellen, who says, is the food blogging world helpful or just a pain in the ass?" Great question. What I think, reckon? well, I would have answered this differently a few years ago because mm. um, it kind of got too diluted. I, I know Ellen and uh, she's great. She she does a food blog and she's, she's really positive. She's great for the Midlands and she really su- she does the good part of food blogging where she really supports a lot of small independents. You hear about things that you wouldn't necessarily um because she does that form of marketing now yeah. i'm a big fan of i'm a big fan of food blogging done right mm-hmm. but back i'd say what was it 10 10 12 years ago there were so many food bloggers and they were restaurant reviewers they were wannabe jay oh, rainers yeah, but, that's exactly but they were all all yeah, fucking yeah. illiterate <laughs> like honestly if, if you know you as a chef can write better than them so what you're doing <laughs> um, yeah, they get the dishes wrong and oh, it's awful but, and there was a few stood that stood out that were really good um but they, they really stood out like critical couple they were well known they were good um i'm trying to remember the others now so andy Haler, uh-huh. he was he's very well respected and he knows his market but he was one of the first people to eat in every three mission star restaurant in the world mm-hmm. um wow. and you know so he's got a well respected review um 
uh, Elizabeth on food. That was that was really good. You know, she knew her market, but there were so many shit ones out there. Unbelievable. And they caught, they tried to make this kind of like influencer thing. They got a bit of a bad name because they were trying to demand free food, but doing it like where they were you know they'd show up with their big fucking ridiculous camera that they couldn't use <laughs> yeah Tele- telescopic lens, lens yeah. right next to the dish <laughs> put that, point that at the moon mate what are you a fucking starter <laughs> <laughs> like oh yeah we i've got two thousand followers i'm um i'm a food blogger you know you're gonna give me a free meal or we, you know, we'll write nice things about you put you under oh. pressure and yeah we did we had a little we didn't get much of that because we were in london but we got a little bit of that tuddenham as we were getting a name and it was just a nah fuck off and pay sort of response isn't it so obvious as well the fact that um i'm a food blogger i've got this many give me a free meal and i'll write nice things so you're literally saying there i don't care if this tastes like crap i just want it free because you're basically saying if you give me free i'll I'll write you a nice review even if i don't like it so you're not you're not a food blog you're not a food blogger then that's yeah, all. and uh, and some people would understand. Anything, this get. is blackmail, just to get. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. People try it now a little bit with Instagram, uh, not Instagram, sorry, with um, TripAdvisor. You know, customers will give you a bad review. That threat, and that just makes me even more stubborn. That kind of uh, yeah, yeah. That kind of threat. Um, but yeah, you can understand why some people, you know, with their business, if they're you know struggling and because it's such a hard hard industry, well, that would be like give in to that sort of thing definitely um pander that, to them yeah 100 percent. that actually leads quite nicely onto one of the things i wanted to talk about to wrap up this podcast um something you highlighted the other day literally almost on this topic which mm. is about like people trying to get free food or free takeaways or even free dinners in exchange for writing reviews or posting pictures of your stuff and i imagine that especially under the takeaway sort of world that we're living in right now that's probably happening quite a lot. Um, yeah, it is. And um, it's one of those things. I I kind of sit on both ends of it, right? Um, so, like, influencer world in every industry is getting big, isn't it? Yeah. And influencer be a cringy thing, and it's not really my kind of bag. But I kind of understand it. I understand that this is how these people earn money. They earn a living. Whether we like it or not, this that's how they earn their living, and it's a, it's a valid marketplace. Yeah. Um, now we have we've had people approach us, you know, even you know, before all this pandemic, and oh look, we'll we'll do this blog post or we'll do this for you if you give us a free meal or something. And my response is just a, a polite no thanks. Mm-hmm. That that and I think that's all you have to do. Yeah. And there was something I sent you a screenshot. Um, it, it got pretty massive on Instagram last week. Um, and it was a restaurant in London. I don't know the restaurant, but it just went massive. And so this guy, I'll read out this guy. I'm not going to give his name because okay. they've already dragged the guy through the mud, which is totally fucking out of order. Yeah. Um, so this influencer contacted this restaurant. Hi, guys. How you doing? I hope you're doing well. I'm reaching out to ask if it's possible to have a takeaway in exchange for this. I'll be happy to advertise you via my Instagram stories. Um, alongside swipe up link if you have a website to direct to my followers uh, to ex- uh, to your website in hope of leading to an order. Let me know if you're keen. Best wishes, such and such. Got nice polite message. It's quite polite, but yeah. yeah. After, after free food, essentially. It wants some free food, which, yeah, it's a bit cheeky. Yeah, don't ask, but, don't get though. Yeah, exactly. And I think all I needed to say to him was no, or just ignore him, except... But what they did is fucking dragged this guy through the mud and made an absolute mockery of him. So then they, they agreed to it. And then he was like, oh, can I have five? You know, yeah, he's being cheeky, but again. <laughs> well, oh. <laughs> like, yeah, really cheeky, but yeah. you have the power. It's your fucking restaurant. Just, yeah. just say no. Yeah, just say no, yeah. Yeah, so they've said, yeah, that's fine. And then he's asking where they are. And they got him to come, come to this place, like go somewhere. I don't know where it was, middle of London. And he's like, oh, is it here? And they're messaging back and forth along this whole whole thread. And um, in the end, it's like, oh, yeah, it's by the police station. Right, now go in the police station and report yourself for crimes for food. <laughs> God's sake. Which, you know, you know, on the surface, it's, yeah, it's quite funny. <laughs> I, shouldn't, I shouldn't laugh. <laughs> but, and to be honest, I'm in quite a minority here that I thought they were fucking out of order. Yeah, and no, it's ridiculous. Absolutely a lot of ridiculous. people... A big in them up, uh, and I even commented on it and said that's a real cunty thing to do. Yeah, it is. Um, completely. 
because what they've done, they've put his name on there and the guy's got abused as well. You read through the whole thread, the guy's been really polite, really nice. And he's just, you know, it's an exchange of services. Yeah. Like, I'll, it, I'll do this he's for not, you, you do not, this for me. He's not holding them to ransom, is he? He's just saying, look, no. here's a deal on the table. I'll get free food. I'll post about you. Do you want to take the deal? Like, he's not doing anything wrong. Yeah. He's just he's asking, he's just them. propositioned them. That's all. Yeah. And in his line of work, that's, that's how it works. Yeah. yeah you yeah. know, and he's... Yeah, and like in contrast to what I was saying earlier, what I didn't like about the way it used to be done with food bloggers and that, they were there and they were trying to put the pressure on you to get something free there and then. Yeah, that's Completely that's different, different Cornering you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but this guy, he was dragged through the mud and, you know, he's even responded on this thread on Instagram and he's still being really polite and really nice. Oh, and bless him. I feel sorry have, for him now. People have stuck it to him, so that restaurant can fuck off, I think. Yeah, They're out I, of order. I agree, mate. It's like, uh, I'm laughing at them not with yeah them. it's ridiculous absolutely ridiculous like trying to make an example of someone that's just trying to do their thing whether you agree then, in principle or not like you said you would just say no i'm not into that i don't yeah, yeah, I'll do just, that or, or i'll just that. not respond either yeah. and um and then i thought about it some more and i thought well a lot of us chefs me included we do that kind of thing anyway like our cookery school we've been sponsored by mila mm-hmm. right yeah. so they've put all of our appliances in yeah I haven't paid for that yeah. yet. We are advertising them. We're we're Good promoting point. them. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. does that not make me an influencer? Yeah, yeah, and loads yeah. of other chefs are doing it. So anyone who's disagreeing with that—that's a really good point, mate. Or I anyone think... who's agreeing with that and does that kind of thing, then you know they're just being hypocrites. I'm sure there'll be people listening that have never thought about it like, like that, including me. And, yeah. and that makes you do—it does make you think differently about that whole thing and how the exactly. whole world works. Yeah. Poor guy. I, I approached Mila. When yeah. I did it, I went to them. I was like, look, should we do this? And they yeah. could have said no. They wouldn't have dragged me through the mud. Yeah, they wouldn't have sent yeah. you to the police station. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. <laughs> Paul, where are you? I'm at the police station. Melee sent me. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, I think it's good that you brought that one up, actually. And feel sorry for the guy. And in some yeah, ways... I think it's very relevant. To yeah, definitely. In some ways, that the restaurant, I suppose the restaurant are publicly known who did that to him then, are they? Um, well, yeah, they've put it yeah. on their own Instagram. They're proud of but it. Like They're say, proud I'm not of gonna, it. You know, even though they've put it out public, I'm not going to say their name. No. Uh, but, you know, yeah. Just, Unbelievable. Uh, just thought, even though I'm in a massive minority, I thought I'd try and speak up for that girl. Yeah, fair play. Okay, right. To conclude today's pod, we've got some more great cowboy stories. Um, uh, it was Gary last week that blazed a trail by sending us a fantastic one. And now you guys have been sending in yours too. So please do keep sending them in. We will read out as many as we possibly can uh, over the coming weeks until we get our guests back while we're doing our Ask Us Anything episodes. Here is one from Frank who sent this the other day saying, Cowboy story is definitely a thing. I saw a guy from my second story dump. Uh, sorry, second. Wait a minute. I saw. Wait a minute. I'll start again. <laughs> Cowboy stories is definitely a thing. I saw a guy from my second story dump three crates of eggs directly into a big Hobart sand mixer, turn what? it on high, then pass through a sieve for scrambled eggs. So this is another another oh. person. This is common. This is commonplace. That or is this the have... same guy going down different places ruining <laughs> eggs? <laughs> Doing it everywhere. He's a mass <laughs> mass scrambled egg through mixer slash sieve. <laughs> murderer unbelievable the, and we got uh, yeah uh we also got this from frank he said i also was working in a restaurant that shared a kitchen with a five-star hotel they had this giant stock pot full of soup waiting for the starters of a 300 person wedding turns out nobody turned it on to heat up slowly ouch that's you're in a pickle there <laughs> cue their sous chef who sprints upstairs and later rockets down screaming backs backs fucking hot backs backs move hot he came down the stairs with the bullseye of a solid top, two inches thick bit of metal, size of a sort of a greedy pizza, glowing hot, dropped it directly in the soup, made it hot incredibly fast, served it straight away. Fuck's that sake. is outrageous. For is that fuck's sake. Are we happy that that's cowboy? Oh, that's 100% cowboy. 100% I mean like cowboy, not a hack. <laughs> when you look at that that situation, I mean 
say if you're like how many was it did it say a couple hundred or something 300 300 yeah. if you've not turned the soup on heating up 300 portions of soup takes a fucking long time yeah right? and Too somebody's right. forgot and the banquet's waiting <laughs> i i can understand where this guy is yeah. just pure because panic and he's done something but it's pretty it's not it's not gonna harm anyone because those solid top yeah. bullseyes are about 500 degrees well, i know well this is the thing because i was thinking like is this gonna harm like i suppose it I mean, it's going to be quite clean because it's so hot. Like, there's no way it can yeah, be there's, dirty. There's so zero bacteria, anything on it. Yeah. Exactly. So, so actually, I was thinking, well, no, it's cowboy because it's almost like um, it could be like running through. Like, there's risk, like running downstairs with it, taking it through the kitchen. Like, yeah, it could oh, be yeah, really huge. harmful. But in terms of to the itself. in terms of the outcome and solving the problem, there's there, there's this tiny part of me that's like stroke of genius. Yeah, it's heated it from the inside out. Yeah, <laughs> it's um, sort of brilliant, but I, I'm still happy to say it's a cowboy, not a hack, because it's not something. I think a hack you'd also want to recommend to someone. Yeah, and that you'd never recommend to anyone, even though it's quite clever. Uh, the hack for that is turn the soup on early. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah, that is the hack. <laughs> but the cowboy is to do that. Yeah. He was kind of yeah. I think the difference, in fairness to this guy, was that he was forced into a situation and had to act fast, and he's reacted. And yeah. he's reacted. He wasn't like, ah, lazy, this will be quicker. Yeah, oh, I'll see you again. That makes me give him more credit. I feel he's not hes not a cowboy from the wild, wild west, but he passed through town. <laughs> I, I, think like that's, that. I think I that's like what, that analogy. That's, yeah. what we're, that's what we're saying. He passed through town. Yeah. Um, yeah. Keep your cowboy stories coming in and your questions because uh, we do love reading them, uh, especially those stories. They are just one of a kind. Uh, send them to us at the nightcap underscore pod, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the usual places. Um, cool, nice one, mate. I really enjoyed that. Uh, yeah, me too. Same time next week. Yeah, definitely, mate. Right, and we'll be able to have a beer outside this time next week, will we? I think. I'll check the Ooh, website. Yeah. Check that beer website. Check it quick. Hang on, quick. Oh, I'm not going to be quick now, am I? Oh, I'm on it. Go on. It's on my home screen. <laughs> Um, four days, eight hours, four nineteen days. minutes, eleven seconds, right. ten, nine. <laughs> Let's <laughs> counting down the seconds. Yeah, this time next week, we'll, well, we should be for a beer in the next a week outside. A, yeah, a yeah. vodka. Yeah, nice. Yeah, cool. perfect. Cheers, buddy. Catch you later. Catch you later.